In 54 CE, a 16-year-old boy was made the ruler of the Roman Empire. He would rule for the following 14 years, and that time would be full of sex, violence, and that era's equivalent of rock and roll. He would be an extremely controversial ruler whose reputation is still up for debate to this day. In this episode of HPH, we're telling all about his childhood and the circumstances that led to him being emperor, which were mostly orchestrated by his mother's unquenchable thirst for power. So, it's time to toss on your favorite toga, grab a jar of wine, sit back, and enjoy this episode of 100 Proof History titled Nero, Mother Knows Best. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. And hello, everyone, including you, listener, but mostly everybody else. But you know, you're still, you're still included. You're, you're just like when I look around, I say, "Hey, everyone." You're like the last one I look at, and then you see my smile kind of like go back to a neutral mouth position. <laughs> That's you, but still, you are welcome. I'm joined, as always by my sexy co-host, Christopher, and, uh, hold on, sorry, I had some, uh, some food in my teeth, in fact, I had some pepperoni from Little Caesars Hot and Ready Pizza, just $5 <laughs> stuck in my teeth. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> All right, we got them back. Very on-brand advertisement. Yeah, we got them mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so excited, they're... Uh, I can't wait to hear what commercial they put together for us next time. Well, uh, just heads up, Chris. I'm trying this new model of advertisement mm-hmm. where we advertise and then we bill them. <laughs> they don't even know it's happening. Correct. Okay. Hey, I like it. We did this. And if you don't want something bad to happen, <laughs> you're going to give us some sponsorship money. Boy, that is very apropos for this show. It's the kind of show you would not want to be associated with, so give us money or we're going to keep talking about your company. We wouldn't do that. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> also, in research for this show and the show's little advertising gimmick, mm-hmm. I realized that guy died. Which guy? The guy who the did the voices? voices? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. No kidding. Huh. He, he died. Like 2005, 90-something years old. He was old as shit. He was 95 years old and had that fucking voice. Well, no, he did that back in the 80s. Oh, okay. Good enough. I don't know. He was old as shit. That's all I know, all right? <laughs> what do you expect, dude? It's a comedy <laughs> history podcast where we drink. <laughs> Fair I didn't enough. do, like, heavy research. I just looked at it once. <laughs> he was drunk, drunk as fuck. You're like, who, who did that voice? Let's see if we can get him on the show. Oh, shit, he's been dead for 15 years. Never mind. <laughs> That would be the level of guest we could get for this history podcast. I don't ever want a guest, so perfect. Fair enough. We can have dead guests. I, w- <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Chris, what are we talking about today? Well, Gregory, today we're talking about Nero, the Roman emperor. Uh, mostly today we're going to talk about how he came into power, which is a pretty cool story of its own. And our main source is Nero. Matricide, Music, and Murder in Imperial Rome by Anthony Everett and Roddy Ashworth. 
don't see a lot of Roddy's anymore. There was the Rowdy Piper. This is him. This is Rowdy Roddy Piper. This is what he did when he retired from the <laughs> WWF slash WWE was he went on to um, be a historian and actually an author. Co-author. fucking modern day renaissance man right there. Woo. A note on our main source and on the sources they used. Uh, it was the ancient historians Tacitus, Suetonius, and Dio Cassius who all wrote their story of Nero about 150 years after Nero died. Um, so, you know, you, you do have to take some of it with a grain of salt. Our main source says right in the prologue, it's like, they say a bunch of crazy shit happened, and for the sake of this book, we're just going to pretend like it's all true. And we're just going to go with it, unless we can absolutely say it didn't happen, then we're going to fucking just ride this wild-ass ride to the finish. Which is exactly what we are going to do. Yeah, old uh, Gregonius might have a thing or two to add as well. It might be wild ass, but we're going to pretend it's true. (laughs) Yes, I'm straight. (laughs) See, pretending already. Well, Christopher, are you ready to tell the 100% true to life, real story, without any inaccuracies, of Nero? You know what? I think I am. All right, man. Let's fucking do it. Pizza, pizza. (laughs) Our story begins on December 15th, 37 CE, with the birth of Lucius Domitius Ahenobarbus. His mother was Agrippina, who was the granddaughter of the deceased and beloved Emperor Augustus, and she was the sister of the man who had just become Emperor, one Little Boots Caligula. Little, Little Boots marching around, making his... His horse, a senator. Look at him. Just adorable. Do you care to reference that? Uh, Yeah, sure. That one is on the Patreon. <laughs> we did an episode on Caligula. I think it went really well. But to find out, you'll have to subscribe to our Patreon for just $3 a month. Get access to that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Lucius was born feet first which was not only super dangerous for the mother in the year 37, it was also viewed as a bad omen. A soothsayer came to Agrippina and told her that sweet, innocent, five-pound, eight-ounce baby Lucius would one day be emperor and he would murder his mother. She replied, quote, He can kill me, but just let him rule! End quote, because his mother was Miss Piggy, apparently. Just give him birth that little frog baby. Half frog, half pig. Whoa, 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 Chris. I just want to take this time to point out that we did say we were going to tell the unadulterated truth about this story. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stop down my stop down to commend you for doing so. Okay, you're welcome. Yes. Good job sticking to the sources. <laughs> we're on the right track. Continue, please. <laughs> Agrippina had spent her early childhood living with her great-grandmother, Livia, who showed her the ins and outs of politics, and from there on out, Agrippina was somewhat obsessed with the idea of becoming a powerful figure in Roman politics, even though women weren't allowed to hold office. As it should be, right? (laughs) It wasn't until, like, 1920. Yeah, I know. When things went downhill, this country lost its way. 
women's suffrage should have been women's suffering. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Never heard that joke before. Hit me up in the comments, fellas. Ladies, you do what your man tells you. You get permission. <laughs> no, totally kidding. Totally kidding. Mostly kidding. Agrippina's quest was somewhat derailed when, at the age of 13, she was thrown into an arranged marriage with a man named Gnaeus Domitius Ahenobarbus. Domitius, who would wind up being Lucius's father, was a former chariot driver and would eventually become a consul in the Senate, but mostly he was just a gigantic piece of shit. He was noted as having killed one of his freedmen for not drinking enough wine and getting as drunk as Domitius was. He once deliberately ran his chariot over a child playing with a doll in the street. Just minding a little bit. I love dolls playing with the dolls. I'm so innocent. Nothing can happen to me. <laughs> That's a boy. Stop playing with dolls, boy. Run him over, horsies. It's <laughs> a dramatic reenactment for you. Um, uh, okay. True yeah. to the sources. When some guy was rude to him, Domitius gouged the man's eyes out. And as consul, he held lavish festivals at the Circus Maximus, in which so many defenseless animals were slaughtered that the emperor had to release a public edict telling Domitius to knock it the fuck off. If I lived back then, they'd call me Subitius. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not so much a Dom. <laughs> <laughs> More a sub, dude. Ball gag made out of marble. <laughs> marble and leather. Yeah. Untreated leather. Skin tight toga. Just holding you in. My white latex toga. <laughs> Penis cage. Yeah. <laughs> Made of tusk. <laughs> ivory tusk. <laughs> Just an ivory tusk. It's like, I don't know why you had to get the, the small tusk from the baby elephant. That just further demeans me. <laughs> it's not in the shape of a tusk. It's just made of, of ivory, dude. Come <laughs> okay, on. it's just a cage. Like, piano keys aren't in the shape of fucking <laughs> elephant tusks back in the day. Well, not I feel that like ivory anymore. You could take the ivory and hollow it out. Get that ivory for the pianos and just shove the cone on there. So it looks impressive. Just big, long, sharp, pointy dick. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> but inside is just two inches and a bunch of pee. Oh. There's a gasket that holds all the pee in. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it just leak out. <laughs> no, man. This is disgusting. Please yeah, continue. All right, let's do it. And this is the sources, you know. Yeah, yeah We can't help this, it. We're just, we're reporting what we read. This is what Suetonius said, man. That's how he said the Roman Empire went. By the year 39, things had kind of gone off the rails under the reign of Caligula, so it wasn't super surprising to him when a plot to assassinate the emperor, or princeps, was uncovered. But it was a little shocking to him when he found out that the co-conspirators were his sisters, Agrippina and Lavilla. Caligula had always been very kind to his sisters, just the best big brother, you know, emperor, taking care of his family. They didn't have to back then. They treated women kind of shittily, but uh, he, was, he was the best, you know. He, would, he put their faces on coins. He let them, like, parade around in the streets and in the, in the chariots, and he also 
um, had sex with him as often as he could. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> because of this special relationship, Caligula did not have Agrippina executed, but rather sent her into exile on a small, quote-unquote, prison island that featured beautiful villas and a dedicated staff. And I was reading this part, and it's talking about how, you know, she was bored and she was away from the, the power, you know, she hated it. And I'm just like, man, this would be fucking great. Just living on a Mediterranean island, getting waited on hand and foot. Like, you pay a lot of fucking money to do that right now. Oh, all inclusive? Yeah. Me? That'd be so fucking awesome. I'd fuck Caligula if it got me on that island. Mai Tais and umbrella drinks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. On, Sweaty, listening local cabana boys who don't speak the language, but they appreciate the tips. And as long as you keep the money going. You can keep the party going. Umbrella drinks and butt-naked freaks. Oh, <laughs> That's a Conair quote. <laughs> you and that fucking movie. I love Conair. <laughs> Little Lucius was sent to live with his paternal aunt while his dad, Domitius, went out for a pack of cigarettes and died of death in early 41. Caligula seized all of Dimatius's estate for himself, but luckily for Lucius and Agrippina, Caligula and his family were assassinated later that same year. Yeah, that's not the, the first time on this show we've mentioned someone's uncle dying and there being a celebration. Like, it's a good thing that that person's no longer in the world. Yeah, because we've done Caligula before. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did Caligula just like your uncle did. No, no, never mind. Never mind. That's stupid. (laughs) Nicely done. Thank you. The man that replaced Caligula as princeps was Claudius, who was Agrippina's uncle and whose elevation was something of a surprise. You see... Good old Claudius had some ailment, possibly cerebral palsy, that caused his head and hands to shake when he stood, and when he walked, he dragged his right leg behind him. He had a speech defect and an unpleasant laugh, and when he got stressed, he drooled and snot just poured out of his nose. That sounds just... So sexy. So sexy. Oh. Sitting there shaking, it's <laughs> not pouring down his face. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, he's got a. But like, if he went to kindergarten, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's got a <laughs> ivory padded helmet on his head, so he doesn't hurt himself. I'm not laughing. <laughs> That's ableist in 41 CE. Yeah, I'm sorry. Apologies to Claudius and his entire family. Yeah, you think it's all fucking funny until it's in the newspaper, like, oh, you know, not famous podcast host slain by bronze sword. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. And everybody else will be like, huh? I'm, I'm going to be hiding in the attic, dude. <laughs> Writing a diary. And they'll find me one day. They'll find yeah. the diary. I will have been, well, exterminated by Claudius. His ancestors are Hitler, okay? (laughs) All right? Fuck. In this joke, 
Claudius' ancestors are Hitler, and Greg is Anne Frank. I just see Chris's eyes getting wider and wider as I go down this path, and I'm like, what? I don't want it to sound bad. I don't mean it in a bad way. I don't want to mock that poor Jewish girl who got executed. That's not what I'm doing. I've also masturbated. Yeah. Me and just Anne like Frank it. are the same! <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Not comparing my struggle <laughs> with hers. Oh, what would she call her struggle? Well, she's she spoke German. Yeah, but what is? I don't know what the translation is. Mein Kampf. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, please, please continue. <laughs> Well, it's okay that we made fun of Claudius because his own mother had called him, quote, a monster whom nature had not finished, but merely begun. End quote. End quote. Another historical figure that ends their own quotes by quoting themselves. Yeah. That's, that's how you, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy. History's full of it. It's just a zeitgeist for like 3,000 years before now. <laughs> That's what they all did. One of Claudius's first acts was to allow Agrippina to return to Rome and regain control of her estates. She also regained custody of Lucius and sent him to school. At the same time, she went looking for a sugar daddy to enhance her own wealth. Hmm, girl. Girl, you got to get it while it getting's good. Hmm. Hmm. That stuff's going to start sagging at any point. I can relate to that, Chris. You know what I'm <laughs> I know. That's why you let Wolf Dick stay with you. Well, somebody's got to pay the bills. All right. Agrippina soon convinced her brother-in-law, Gaius Celestius Passinius Crispus, to leave his wife and marry Agrippina instead. He was a witty guy who knew how to ride a fence and how to keep people happy. When Caligula, who absolutely loved incest, like seriously, you should see his Pornhub searches, when he asked Passinius if he had ever slept with his own sister, Passinius said, quote, Not yet, <laughs> that, bro, end quote, to avoid offending the emperor or admitting to a criminal act. And uh, it's like that old joke you play when you're like 12, like, hey, you ever get caught jerking off in the closet? And like you say, yes. Well, you just admitted jerking off in the closet. You say, no. It's a good hiding place, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. But old Passinius was just a placeholder daddy for little Lucius. In 47, Agrippina poisoned Passinius and inherited his estate. In 48 CE, three of Claudius' top advisors were straight up sick of his wife, Valeria Messalina, because she was allegedly a nymphomaniac who snuck out of the palace to work as a prostitute under the name She-Wolf. Ooh, get it, girl. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> There's a lot of Suetonius and Dio and Tacitus talking about how, like, she'd come back complaining about how her vagina hurt and how she stunk of sex. It's like, good God, like, She's complaining about these things? Uh, what happened? <laughs> oh, Mexican food, you know. Um, okay. 
forgot to take my Zantac today, you know? Not even trying to hide it, huh? <laughs> Dragging some poor sap behind her who's wearing a marble ball gag and a latex toga. <laughs> no, it's okay. He paid me. He paid to be here. He likes it. His name is Gaius Sabidius Sogius. <laughs> you know, instead of Demidius Crispus. It was Sogius, yeah. <laughs> Sabidius Sogius. They, yeah. They played that game that you talk about in middle school that nobody okay. actually plays. They played okay. it. What game's that? And he had to eat the biscuit. Oh, no. Sometimes it's just one of those days, Greg. Oh. Where you don't want to wake up? Yeah. You know, it's all about the he said, she said bullshit. That's what this whole story is. <sighs> well, let's get back into it. Okay, sounds good. Well, old Valeria Messalina, she and Claudius had a son named Britannicus, who she wanted to see become the princeps one day. Recognizing that Lucius, who was older, might also try and claim the throne, Messalina attempted to have him killed by placing a venomous snake in his bed. Is this the Princeps Persia? <laughs> That's just for you. Thank you. <laughs> well, obviously, this attempt failed, but Claudius's advisors decided it was time for Messalina to go. Did this guy start World War I? Is he Gabrilo Princeps? <laughs> Please continue. Thank you. Well, their opportunity came one day when Claudius was out of town. Messalina had fallen in love with another man named Silius. You know, because ladies like a guy with a sense of humor. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> mm, yes. Yes, I do. And so, while her husband was away, she divorced Claudius and married Silius in a lavish ceremony. Sitting inside this big tent... There were three rings, elephants doing tricks, these guys flying on trapezes, there's guys in makeup who thought they were hilarious, but everybody's like, this isn't funny, we should have stopped this bit a long fucking time ago. Well, the children are crying. <laughs> they hate every second of it. Gregius is crying. <laughs> Reminds him of his uncle, his estranged <laughs> uncle. <laughs> Left a bone inside of him. <laughs> this podcast is so stupid. <laughs> we don't remember a bit of the history If you come talk to us About the actual history stuff we talked about Like, uh, what? Huh? What? Hey, hey, remember that time um, Someone messed up a word And you made a character out of it And you talked about it And made it a show Like, basically, for the next six months Like, oh, yeah, that was funny We did that <laughs> It was a hand I googled your eyes And they're like, no no, it wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, but yeah. you'd imagine if it was. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be laughing your ass off if you thought that was funny. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> well, Messalina's plan was to stay with Claudius, keep him on as emperor, have him adopt Silius, and then when Claudius died or abdicated the throne, Silius could take over. Claudius was fairly pliable, and he might have actually gone along with the whole scheme, but his advisor, Narcissus, had her killed before she could make her sales pitch. Because that Narcissus, man, he just thought the world revolved around him. Mm-hmm. 
Just stared at his abs all day in the mirror, mm-hmm. getting the lighting right. Got mad when he was filming himself working out and somebody walked between him and the camera. Oh, yeah. Called himself the situationist. <laughs> Always talking about himself in the third person. The situationist, well, he's never made a lady come because who cares, right? <laughs> oh. Bronze Age Jersey Shore jokes. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, old Messalina was dead, and Claudius, super sexy, cerebral palsy, Julie, stammering, horse laugh Claudius, he was now single and ready to mingle. He put all that shit in his Tinder profile. And you know what? Old super sexy Agrippina. Wasn't going to miss her shot, making her little boy Lucius the next ruler of Rome. And you know what? I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to work out for him. I think. Uh, Would she succeed? Would she uh, fail? There you go, Chris. Now you pick up the fucking pieces. There's, there's some crumbs I sprinkled for you. Now go. Find out after this. Yes. Break. yes you fucking nailed it, dude. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we are back from break, a much-needed break. You guys were like, whew, that first half was getting long. It was taking too damn long, and I needed I needed more sustenance. I got 12 shots of whiskey in in that first half, and man, I, I am dragging. I need something light, something refreshing, something to bring me back up, and that is something that Greg and I like to call the second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. Second half All right. Three, two, one. Bop. Your tops and enjoy the light, bubbly, refreshing seltzer while Greg, the sexiest host of this podcast, even though I call myself the sexy host, he's, he's way sexier. I just do it to build myself up. He... We'll tell you the rest of this part of this story. Huh. Don't mind if I do. Claudius needed a new love nugget and soon began receiving lady visitors who tried to woo the princeps with their feminine wiles. Sensing an opportunity, Agrippina soon began showing up at the palace to bring gifts to Claudius. She would have nice little chats with him, give him sweet little kisses and endearments, and take him on frequent trips to a little place I like to call Pound Town, USA. <laughs> Except it. They, know, they went all the way across That's just the what ocean. I call it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now, you might have been thinking about dinner plans or whether or not you deleted your browser history before your mom used your computer for Facebook, so you might have missed it earlier when we noted that Agrippina was Claudius's niece. Ew. And she was stuck in the dryer. <laughs> Uh, actually, our 12-year-old listener's like, nah, dude, I don't delete my browser history. I want my, my mom to see what I'm looking at. My <laughs> stepmom. I oh, want her to see what I'm looking at. Sick little fucks. Mm. If it can happen in porn, it can happen in real life. That's what's wrong with the younger generation. 
Oh, fuck. I'm getting old, Chris. <laughs> I'm getting old. I know. The porn of our day is why I became a plumber. Like, hey, I'm here to fix the pipes. And she's like, okay, it's in here. I'm like, wait, what? No, I, I, you know that what that means, right? Like, we're supposed to have sex now, and there's supposed to be some cool music that plays. Like, no, I, I really, I'm having a plumbing emergency. Like, I'm having dinner guests <laughs> over tonight. There's going to be so many lawsuits in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, I remember uh, when I first got caught with porn when I was like a teenager. You know, my my stepdad, he's like, like, what is this? Back in my day, it was all just you know, like missionary and doggy style. Yeah, and that's what I'm gonna say one day. It's gonna be like, oh, back in my day, it was all like reverse cowgirl, and we're both covered <laughs> in artisanal shit. What is this? <laughs> back in my day, we called them she males. What is? What are you looking at? What is this nonsense? <laughs> oh. Kids, am I right? Yeah. They don't even know. Well, despite the minor setback of frequent incest, Agrippina was able to get an administrator named Lucius Vitellus to address the Senate and talk about how great it would be if Agrippina and Claudius were married. He was so persuasive that some senators ran out into the forum and said that if Claudius hesitated, they would straight up force him to marry his brother's daughter. And so the two were wed. In unholy matrimony. Because, <laughs> anyway, just kidding. The, the Bible is chock full of incest. They really shouldn't make the pages of the Bible so thin, because they get stuck together so easily. And you just miss whole chapters. So you're like, what? I was reading Deuteronomy. Who's this Jesus guy? I don't even know, you know? That is a lot of pages. <laughs> that's a different book that's a whole different form of the bible <laughs> that is a completely different book <laughs> what can I say I, I really 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 enjoy old testament god <laughs> punished him daddy <laughs> <laughs> yes manipulate him you know he'll do anything especially in the bedroom okay, now spit in his mouth Spit in his mouth, God Daddy. <laughs> well, the two basically became co-rulers. Agrippina attended all official ceremonies, and even though women were banned from the Senate, she hid behind the curtains, literally, so she could advise her emperor husband. She was super popular with the people, but she was also incredibly paranoid. So she convinced Claudius to trump up charges on the other women who had tried to marry him following the death of Messalina and had those gold-digging thirst traps executed. But Agrippina knew she would never rule, so she had to pump up her son Lucius. Let's go, boy. Fuck it. Come on, I'm going to slap you in the face. Are you yeah. mad now? You fucking mad now, Lucius? Come on. You fucking mad now? My mommy getting the dryer. <laughs> You want to be emperor? You want to be emperor? No, I don't know. <gasps> you want to be fucking emperor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Woo! Let's do some coke Stop fuck. fucking Trevor. <laughs> First, she convinced Claudius to betroth his 10-year-old daughter to 13-year-old Lucius so they could make sure that the family tree never branched. Just a big old, big old pine with no branches. <laughs> I guess I could have used any tree with no branches. Uh, whatever. Well, you know, the pine gets very tall before you get to the branches. Like a Christmas tree? 
Well, no, Christmas tree is like a juniper. Is this like a cedar? I guess it is a pine. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it is a coniferous tree. (laughs) I know that. It's coniferous, dude. It's not deciduous. Are you a fucking idiot, dude? This this ain't a fucking tree podcast. All right, whatever. You deciduous ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Then Agrippina got Claudius to agree that his own biological son, Britannicus, should be cast aside as his heir, and Lucius slash Lucius should inherit the title of princeps. On February 25th, 50 CE, it became official when Claudius adopted Lucius, Domitius, Ahenobarbus, and changed his name to Tiberius Claudius Nero, <clears throat> Drusus Germanicus Caesar, a.k.a. the longest name in history. <laughs> But to save time and effort, we'll just call him Nero from here on out. Agrippina then hired a bunch of her idiot friends to be Britannicus's tutors and teach him all sorts of wrong things. (laughs) What's the capital of the Roman Empire? Rome. Wrong! You fucking idiot! No! The capital of Rome. It's (laughs) Constantinople! I thought that was Istanbul. What the fuck? You fucking idiot! On the other hand, for Nero, she sought out noted philosopher, author, and politician Seneca. Seneca had been sent off into exile by Claudius years earlier, but Agrippina convinced him to allow Seneca to return. And of course, there were plenty of rumors that Agrippina was Agrippin on Seneca's ding-dong, if you know what I mean-dong. Very subtle, yes. we. (laughs) What do you mean, Greg? She put her hand on his penis. Oh, my God. Oh, never. I am not listening to this podcast anymore. I just fainted. I had to wake up and fan myself like a southern belle. (laughs) Also, Seneca was a bisexual known for his attraction to young boys. And he and Nero grew close. But Seneca would later say he had, quote, excused himself from kissing his pupil, end quote. And that's what makes Seneca a better man than my (laughs) uncle. On both sides of the family. (laughs) That homeschooling, that was dramatic. At the same time. In a bounce house. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Nero soon fell in love with horse racing and Greek culture. His dream became to either be a chariot racer or a professional musician that performed in Alexandria, where all of the best Hellenic music was to be found. Nero soon began writing poetry and composing music. His instrument of choice was the kathara, an ancient predecessor to the guitar. Still knew when I play Wonderwall, though. Ugh. Sort of. This piece of shit. (laughs) Well... And Nero, he was so obsessed with protecting his voice that he avoided food that would damage his vocal cords. Frequently vomited, which would damage his vocal cords. He didn't know. Laid with a slab of lead on his chest, which would give him cancer. And purged <laughs> himself with enema syringes. Which is just fun. No it's just fun for everybody. Yeah. 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 That, that one's cool. That's Tuesday night in my household. Yeah. At the boarding house. It's all that uncle stuff out of there, yeah. <laughs> Still can't flush that bone out, though. Well, bones in there. Just... <laughs> Things hooked. It's like barbed. 
<laughs> Cat and I just attached to the wall. God damn it. <laughs> Chariot racing, poetry, and singing were all considered low-class wastes of time and were not suited for wealthy boys destined to rule over the Roman Empire. And Agrippina told him to knock it the fuck off, creating the first notable rift between mother and son. Ever. In the history of human beings. <laughs> Named Nero and Agrippina. There. Mm-hmm. Fix, fixed Accurate. It. Accurate. Nailed it. In late 53, that sounds so weird to say that. Oh, that's why. I in, throw in, this. Late, in the later part of the year 53 <laughs> CE, at the age of 16, Nero was wed to his betrothed stepsister, Octavia. Mmm. What are you doing, stepbrother, future emperor? <laughs> are you stuck in the dryer? Are we in a laundromat? Everybody's stuck in the dryer. <laughs> Some sort of vacuum system. I think the owner's in on this. <laughs> the Lavenderia Incestoporium. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the story is that everyone is a hot, smoking hot Latina. Because I was reading the book and it said they all spoke Latin. I'm like, oh, makes them all Latinas. Latinas. Those sexy MILFs I see at the. The soccer parks on Saturdays. Oh. Le jazz barro. Mm. <laughs> El bar de jazz. Mm. Run for the border. Taco Bell. Mm. Yo soy blanco pequeño. Como se dice? Me penis in you. <laughs> Como se dice, I have herpes. I get it, mister, I get it. (laughs) Please, I speak English. Stop. (laughs) I'm literally a singing and dance sensation Shakira. I speak fluent English. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, never mind. Well, to make matters a little less icky, Octavia was disowned by Claudius and adopted into another family. Unlike most marriages that are arranged for political reasons when the bride and groom are children, the marriage between Octavia and Nero was, surprise, not a happy one filled with loving cuddles and marathons of the office on the couch. I'm shocked, dude. Shocked! (laughs) By 54... Claudius had made some public blunders and was suffering more and more from his health issues. Additionally, he and Agrippina had begun to argue all the damn time, so she decided it was time for Claudius to politely fuck off and die so that Nero could become princeps. On October 13th, a banquet was held, and unbeknownst to Claudius, his food tester had secretly placed poison on a plate for Claudius' favorite food, mushrooms. Because he was... Literally Mario from Mario Brothers. Like he was all tiny and weak and yeah, dragging his leg. Big. Yeah, dragging his leg. and Like, oh, these make daddy feel real big. Give me some mushrooms. They just had sildenafil in them. You know, boner <laughs> pill. Oh, now daddy's big again. <laughs> He's 54. The shit happens, man. Yeah. He's got high blood pressure. It's just, it's not the same. 
Yeah, it's not. It really isn't. You know, you got to want to be a young man again sometimes. You need those aphrodisiacs like green M&Ms. Well, they're sexy oh, boots. Sexy. Well, they used to be. In 54, they had the sexy boots. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Till they virginized my favorite candy. Mm. <laughs> what, you mean that green M&M don't have no Johnny anymore? Hmm? <laughs> oh, Steve's back. Hey, Steve. How you doing? <laughs> oh, Steve the racist. God. He's our worst guest. He really he is. is. He really is. I was... um. I was horrified what he said about the green M&M in the last episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He said so many shocking things. You know, it was just proof that we need a producer who actually pays attention and cares because someone just kept passing that guy the mic to say the most <laughs> ridiculous things. He had his own mic somehow. <laughs> yeah. He had his choice of two different mics. I don't, I don't know <laughs> how it happened. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's a disclaimer to keep us from getting fired. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it was Steve. <laughs> well, so this this dude, he's grubbing down on some mushrooms. And, you know, Agrippina actually passed Claudius the poison dish and even cleverly ate one of the untainted mushrooms off the plate as she was handing it to him. And Claudius fell into a fucking stupor, of course. He puked his guts out, he shat himself, and then passed out. Thing is, no one was shocked by any of this because he did it at, like, every fucking banquet. <laughs> it was so normal that Agrippina was terrified that the poison had actually failed. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, this is how he Fuck. All right. It's like, well, maybe next time. My wife keeps trying to poison me, but I keep going downstairs. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling right. I'm feeling kind of loopy. You want to turn on a musical and uh, sing along <laughs> to a musical? And she's like, oh, God, the poison didn't take. This is just him. This is just who he is. Yeah, my wife poisons me. It's like, oh, God, babe, I feel like I'm going to shit my brains out. And she's like, great, it didn't work. He just drank a fucking <laughs> thimble of milk again. <laughs> he had cheese. Oh, no. You know, I, I know what Ben and Jerry's does to me, but God damn it, I can't help it. <laughs> oh. And that's how you understand a heroin addict, you know? You're like, I get it. Yeah, I know yeah. this is bad for me, and I, <laughs> yeah. I fucking do it anyway. I can't help it. Just cannot mm. help it. Mm. And especially when you're like us, and you're super rich, famous celebrities, and you can just afford to do it. You're like, yeah. Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, hell yeah, I'm not buying that dryer's bullshit. I mean, that Ben and Jerry's right into my fucking veins. Nobody wants to see the darker side of, of success, you know? Yeah. Which, for me, is queso, beef, and fart smell. <laughs> this is what success is. <laughs> well, podcast success. I, I need to really preface success. Podcast <laughs> success. It's going to be a very disgusting and boring episode of VH1's Behind the Music when it comes out. Especially because we don't make music. Uh, That'll be the most boring part. It's like, wait, th there was no music. <laughs> oh, what? I'm sorry. You, second you half seltzer music. Second half seltzer? Yeah. <laughs> you heard that banger, second half seltzer? Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Claudius, he's sick. But, again, he, he does this shit all the time. Thing is, later that night, Claudius died of death. <gasps> Seneca would write that Claudius's last words were, Oh, damn, I think I've shit myself. 
End quote. End quote. <laughs> Nero was now the ruler of Rome, and it was going to be a wild fucking ride. But if you want to go on that ride, you'll have to come back next week. End of this part of the story. Woo! We did it. We told the story of Nero's rise to power. Next week, we'll come back with the story of Nero in power. But there are a few little little morsels, little tasty little tidbits to be left out of the story. We kept that to the side, the little chocolate chips that we're just munching on while we're making the cookies, making a delicious cookie for you. And we call those little chocolate chips our fast, fast facts. facts! Fast fact number one. Slaves were incredibly common in ancient Rome. In fact, by the fall of the empire, slaves accounted for 30 to 40% of the population of Italy. They were mostly captured enemy soldiers and their descendants, and there were ways for them to earn their freedom and even rise up in the Roman government. But when they were still slaves, they were treated as such, and if one slave in a household committed an infraction, all slaves were punished equally. Even if a slave committed a capital offense, every slave in the household was executed right alongside them. Fast fact number two. Nero's father, Domitius, was a really, really gigantic piece of human shit. In addition to what we told you earlier, he also was a serial womanizer that stole money from victorious chariot racers, and Emperor Tiberius once even charged him with treason, adultery, and incest. But he might have been right when he said that any child born to him and Agrippina would have a detestable nature and would become a danger to the public. Foreshadowing! <laughs> Fast fact! Number three. More foreshadowing! As you will see more of in the next episode, Nero was not above his mother's antics of having anyone who slighted her convicted of false charges and executed. The first time we have record of Nero doing so was shortly after his adoption when his stepbrother, Britannicus, called him by his old name instead of his royal one. Nero then tried to convince Emperor Claudius that Britannicus was dead and a changeling had taken his place so that the young boy would be executed for this minor offense. But Nero's attempts were unsuccessful. Fast facts number four. Predictably, funerals for Roman emperors were massive affairs. When Claudius died, a procession was marched out of Rome to the countryside. Following directly behind his body were mourning women who wailed and cried for the dead princeps. Right behind them was a team of comedians who mercilessly mocked the fallen emperor. Eventually, the body would be placed on a pyre, burned, and the ashes would be soaked in wine before being placed in an urn and then placed in a mausoleum in Rome. All right, well, that does it for this episode. We thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. Maybe a little bit about yourselves, you know? Because that's that's what this journey we call life is all about. Just self-exploration. And that's what I told my mom when I was 16, and she walked in on me, and I had my penis in a sock. And that's what I'm telling you <laughs> right now. Anyway, if you would like to support the show, please consider joining our Patreon, just $3 a month. Get you access to our 
bonus episodes, our old episodes, and two-day early release of new episodes. You can find info in the show notes below. You can also find us on social media at 100ProofHistory. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we do it all. We do it all well. That's our show. Thank you for listening. I am your sexy co-host, Chris, for Wolf Dick, our invalid producer, Dan Dan, the intro man, Steve, who I thought we were through with, but he showed up again. We thank you. And we ask main host, best host, ultimate host, Highlander, there can only be one host, Greg. What else? Uh, I don't have much. I was just going to leave you guys with a quote from Nero to get you pumped for next time. Bye. You son of a bitch. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. Stop pushing your shit. He would be an extremely controversial ruler whose reputation is still a... We didn't make any promises we didn't keep. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds real fucking good. Real great fucking idea. Great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Your idea. Super smart. Your idea. I'm just selling it. I appreciate it. Fuck you. Okay. You're going to really regret it. Probably. Once you start editing. You realize what a fucking pain in the dick that is. <laughs> How much you hate the show. It may be the, the complete end of the show once I realize the pain you go through. Like, ah, let's fucking let's quit this thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just, sorry you know, I've done this to you. Let's just play video games. Fuck the podcast. I'm still way down there. Why? Why are you so short? God damn it! How do I? Oh, how do I? Oh, one day you're not there. Please tell me, baby. Nicholas Cage gone air. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot that's what that's from. How do I live without you? Steve Buscemi's a pedophile. How do I breathe without you, John? But he probably let that little girl go, but it doesn't explicitly (laughs) say. Oh, how do I ever, ever stop being gay? (laughs) Oh, how do I? Little girl's dead at the bottom of that dry pool. (laughs) They just went back in post production and pretended like she was. Oh. <laughs> Whatever happens to Steve Buscemi's character? He just gets away. He's That's you know, fucking weird. <laughs> convicted fucking he pedophile. Captured. He's rehabilitated. No, I'm pretty sure he just escapes. He doesn't kill one little girl. That's like What if his thing was little boys? Uh may have been it. That's that's the thing. Like they lead you on for like twenty minutes where he's like playing dolls with the girl in her backyard. Yeah, having a tea party. And then like she's alive at the end. But I think I'm pretty sure he gets away. He went inside and killed her fucking family and her little brother (laughs) after he touched him. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like she would have been better off dead, if we're being honest. She is messed up. She's a stripper now. She's 
coke addicted, got lost in the foster system. Jesus, dude. Yeah. Why could you just put the bunny back in the box? <laughs> Such a stupid movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. You just made best friends with Cyrus the damn virus. I need uh, insulin. I don't remember. Isn't John Cusack in that? And he's like the FBI agent <laughs> trying to <laughs> tell Nick Cage how to land the plane and shit. Well, something like that. You got to go to Carson Airfield, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't they like take off like the top of the gold nugget sign or some shit? Like they hit something on the strip. I don't remember. Yeah. Michael oh, yeah. Bay I mean, they hit shit and then they yeah. land right on the strip. Yeah, that's and right. And money goes everywhere. And everybody's like, yeah! They hit the money tower <laughs> where all the money's stored. <laughs> I guess it is a pretty stupid movie. <laughs> I, won't, I won't make any conversation. And when we're done, I'll play Halo by myself. <laughs> Hates fuck podcast. Hates fuck buck. Was, <laughs> was that in the last episode? Yeah, something like that. It's something like hate the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hate the fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right, now that I have 30 seltzers, let's go. <laughs> if we ever get famous, I'm just going to like, like, give it to the manservant to take away and throw so in the just trash. pours it out. <laughs> I've got my contractually obligated second half seltzer. <laughs> I hate bubbles. That's my stripper name. Hate you. You give me indigestion. She hid behind the curtain, so to speak. So she could yeah. advise her what? It was a literal carton. She oh, really? Lie. Yeah. Yeah, I read the book. <laughs>